everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little video slash podcast that I like to uh, put together on this side of the uh, solar eclipse where we like to talk about all things investing, where I like to share about what's going on, uh, what's going on in the market, what I'm seeing from my perspective, sharing some other people's uh, perspectives on what's going on in the market. Really what the goal is, just providing you with some some interesting information and insight and concepts that are gonna help you, uh, you can take back and use to help you frame your investment decisions a little bit better. So, my name is Amin Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I help people who want to become more financially independent through investing. But the problem is people tend to be kind of intimidated, scared uh, by the whole investing concept. Uh, they either don't know where to start when it comes to investing or they've been investing for a while and they're just not seem to be making any progress with their portfolios. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people. I mentor them on how to make better, uh, successful, and more educated investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with a certain level of confidence. So this is episode 87, and today I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that's quite taking on quite a bit of news and is getting a little bit of more hand-wringing out there uh, in the markets, and that has to do with this whole trash talking that's going on between uh, the Mad King and uh, the US Mad King and the North Korean Mad King and talking about how they're going to kind of attack each other and, and we're talking about war and impending conflict, nuclear war and all this stuff we're hearing. Um, and I just want to talk about it from the context of how this kind of, as investors, how we should take a look at this stuff. How should we make decisions based on what could happen in an event of a conflict between the US and North Korea. So really this whole thing was really about nothing and then all of a sudden what got people crazy was uh, you know a couple weeks ago um, North Korea announced they started their last couple of missile tests have been quite successful in the sense that they're the distances that those missiles fly now they are potentially capable of reaching North America and parts of uh, parts of the U.S. So that's got a lot of people, you know, getting a little people all a little bit crazy, and worried about the possibility of hey, is North Korea just going to start like have the capability to attack the U.S. and create a full-fledged uh, crazy conflict? And so what I want to talk about it really is, like, as investors, how how do we f walk our way through this? Walk through this kind of stuff. What possibilities could happen? And how would potentially those impacts could be in our in our in our investment decisions and in our portfolios? So, <clears throat> gonna try and mind map uh, some ideas in terms of how to deal with it. So, when I was looking at this, I was trying to figure out what could happen. Um, I kind of started with a couple of assumptions, and one of the main assumptions really uh, is assuming that the U.S. starts takes a preemptive strike, and I kind of take it this way because. If, uh, if, if North Korea were to just launch a bunch of missiles somewhere, attack Japan or Guam or wherever, I think the response by the US and the Japanese and whoever would be extremely fast, violent and quick. I think it would be the conflict would not would just end right there because either they would just get nuked royally, they would just get vaporized, wiped out. So that kind of scenario really from an investment perspective, I don't think would have a, a real 
kind of impact. The real impact would be if the U.S. initiated a strike and North Korea responded and attacked, you know, uh, South Korea, obviously, and Japan and all a bunch of other neighbors there. That would be a kind of more enduring long-term uh, conflict. So <clears throat> to kind of understand what we're dealing with here, especially with North Korea, I just, you know, throw out some stats. I'm going to throw out some numbers, some stats, some economic stats here that kind of, kind of frame the, the context of the discussion. So when we're looking at North Korea, they have about 700,000, their army is about 700,000 soldiers. They have about 10,000 pieces of artillery. And now apparently they have nuclear weapons and capable of launching them anywhere and everywhere. Um, a majority of their weaponry and a majority of their soldiers is close to, to, the, to the South Korean border, that demilitarized zone kind of concept there. And Seoul, and more specifically, because they're close to the, um, the border, uh, when you take it a step further, when you go to South Korea, Seoul uh, is only 35 kilometers away from the North Korean border. I don't think a lot of people know that. So if the event of the U.S. attacks North Korea, uh, <clears throat> you can really count on the fact that North Korea is going to go all in and just launch all kinds of crap at Seoul. And Seoul is the capital and it's a really core economic hub of South Korea and also of Southeast Asia. And so what does that mean? Like what, like what would that look like? Um, again, I'll give you some stats. Um, <clears throat> some estimates, there's some economists out there that some numbers analysis has been done in the past uh, and recently saying if South Korea got attacked by North Korea, the GDP would fall like right away between 60-80%. There would be a serious economic impact and I'll show you some reasons where there would be that impact. Um, if you look at South Korea as a whole, their economy represents almost 2% of global output. And so if you were looking at a 50% drop, for example, in the, in the GDP of South Korea, that would equate to almost a 1% drop in global output. Um, <clears throat> the big impact if South Korea were to get attacked by North Korea would be most likely their supply chain would get developed, would get disrupted or probably impaired or even taken out. And one of the things now, because the you know our world is so we're so integrated now, we're not little countries operating in isolation. We're so integrated with everywhere in the world. And what's happened is our supply chains are very integrated now. We are dependent upon you know if we're living here in North America, we're very dependent upon Southeast Asia for a lot of producing a lot of goods, uh, intermediate goods that go into the production of final of the final goods and products and services that ultimately get sold. And a lot of that, that supply chain activity, manufacturing activity goes through South Korea. And it's interesting because if you look at some of the numbers, uh, if you look at their exports, they export, South Korea exports three times the amount of intermediate products, goods and products, uh, compared to a country like Thailand. And the only reason why I'm saying Thailand is because in 2011, there were some serious floods that occurred in Thailand. And Thailand's a very, again, another major hub for, uh, for the part of the global manufacturing supply chain. And there was serious disruption in the economy and global, uh, global trade because of that, uh, when the Thailand went down because of those floods, there was a lot of delays and a lot of shortages of vital components and parts. So, Imagine if South Korea got attacked, they're three times the size of Thailand. They're gonna, there's gonna be some serious disruption going on here in terms of the supply, global supply chain. 
Look at some uh, other components in, in, in South Korea. They are the largest exporter of LCD screens. They represent 40% of the total global marketplace. So again, like, imagine if that just all got taken out. Um, they're the second largest exporters of semiconductors, which is huge because we talk about phones, like everything now is all becoming technology driven, computer driven, servers, phones, you know, are all our internet of things kind of concepts. Um, second largest export of semiconductors. Imagine if that uh, supply base would just get taken out. And it's not just it would get taken out, it would probably get destroyed. And so to, you just don't build up a semiconductor plant. A lot of times it takes almost two years to properly construct a semiconductor plant. So imagine if some of the most biggest plants on the planet are in South Korea. Imagine if they got taken out. Chances are they were, like North Korea knows about it. They would try to take them out, disrupt their economy, right? Um, South Korea also um, has three of the largest ship builders on the planet. Again, major manufacturing component, major manufacturing. And then the, I haven't even gotten to the auto side of it. Again, big players, you got the Hyundais, the Kias, um, you know, Samsung, these are all big time global players and have incredible influences in terms of how our other economies flourish. So imagine if uh, US attacked North Korea, North Korea retaliated by attacking South Korea, engaging a full kind of full on conflict kind of thing, you're going to see some major, you would see some major supply disruptions. And ultimately, that's going to impact other companies around the world in terms of how they produce. So it's going to impact economic output which is going to impact the ability of companies to be, you know, generate proper revenues and profits. And ultimately that trickles into stock prices. So people are, I don't think have grasped that concept because they really don't understand the intricacies of what's, how, how influential um, South Korea is in respect to global economy in terms of how goods flow through economy and how goods are manufactured and produced. Um, so that's South Korea. I haven't even talked about Japan because probably the other casualty of that kind of, of that con of this conflict would be with Japan, and they would be caught in the middle of everything. And we know how huge Japan is economic wise, financially wise. There would be major disruptions there, and uh, you know, the auto side of it, electronics. That's another side of it that would get taken down. Um, again, then 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 you know then there's the aftermath of of an attack of a war. Uh, in that you would have probably a lot of damage in North Korea and a lot of economic displacement and chaos, good political chaos. You would have disruption in South Korea in terms of rebuilding and regeneration. So there would be all kinds of reconstruction efforts going on, which again is a bullish way from an investing perspective. But there's just a lot of damage that would be done. And it's just not something you just wipe away and just clean up and you move on with your business. There's long-term generational almost kind of impacts that this kind of a potential war could have. So those are kind of the dynamics of what is in play in South Korea and the Southeast Asia and the impacts on that side. So let's kind of bring that over to, to where we live here in North America. What would be the impacts then if you had all this major disruption and destruction of key economic um, you know supply channels? Well Again, ultimately, you know, companies like if you're making goods and services and uh, products and you need, you're dependent upon Asia to get those to manufacture and get the components you need to build your products, you're going to have disruption and you're going to have shortages and chances are you might have uh, price increases in terms of goods 
and that's going to impact your margins and it's going to impact your profitability of businesses here uh, here in North America and ultimately that's going to feed into stock prices over a long period of time. Uh, other economic impacts here is chances are again wars are costly and so the US for example if they initiate a, a war here they've already you know, knee deep in debt from paying off the Iraq war and all the other stuff that's gone out. Um, a lot of people, there's some estimates that's saying, you know, right now their, their debt levels at 75% of GDP, a, a war with North, with North Korea is going to increase that debt level even higher and it's going to probably put their financial uh, situation, even make their financial situation a little bit more uncomfortable. Chances are you're going to see interest rates could probably go up and again, interest rates go up, that's not great conducive for stock prices. Um, Chances are, again, in an aftermath of a war, uh, there's going to be reconstruction and the U.S. government is probably going to be asked to pay and bankrolls a good chunk of that reconstruction effort in North Korea and, I don't know if North Korea, but maybe China may have something to say about it, but for South Korea, for sure, as an ally, they're probably going to have to do something to subsidize them. That's going to cost more money and, again, that's going to put the U.S. in a really tough financial position. Um, <clears throat> so, bring it. let's bring it even further. Okay, how does that impact? How could this... How could a potential war impact stock prices? Um, well, again, we talked about disruption of financial chain, costlier goods, uh, costlier components, could cut into margins, cut into profitability. That's one element. Looking at stock market behavior, usually if you look back in the history of previous conflicts, global conflicts like the Iran, uh, Iraq war, the war in Afghanistan, um, Usually what happens is at the onset of a battle, of a conflict, stock prices really tank. There's usually that shock and prices in the short term tend to really go down pretty quick and pretty violently. But what the history has also shown us is that over time, in the medium term to long term, uh, markets bounce back quite quite well. And uh, there is a recovery. And part of it is is also central banks around the world will kind of step in a little bit and uh, print money, kind of install, inject more liquidity into the market, kind of keep things going and instead of having things just stop. So <clears throat> a lot of times it's, it's reasonable to expect that the market's going to crap out initially and then eventually kind of work its way up. So again, thinking as an investor, maybe if the market does do that and craps out, thinking, knowing what history has done, and again, history is not an indication of what will happen in the future, but again, trying to be logical about this, trying to make an educated uh, guess about what could happen. Maybe if there was an outbreak of war um, and the prices, stock prices were to fall, maybe that might be a good time to kind of start building some positions and then just kind of building it up as things go along. Um, other market impacts uh, with impact of war. Gold prices would probably go up because gold becomes that store of value in times of uncertainty. We could see it be a big rush into gold. But we could also see a big rush into Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies now. That's a thing right now. Um, a work may just give it another reason to want to get into cryptocurrencies and get into owning Bitcoin. Not having to worry about what global financial systems have. You have this kind of independent um, store of value that actually might gain more value. It's, you know, we, know what, we know what Bitcoin's been doing in the last um, while. So... Maybe this could give uh, Bitcoin another, uh, some more juice for it to keep going uh, a little bit higher. Um, <clears throat> so these are kind of elements I think you need to keep in mind. I think they're worth keeping in mind um, if things get weird and things escalate um, and war breaks out between 
North Korea and uh, the U.S. Now, the way I've kind of described a lot of this and looking at the impacts, I've been really on the premise that the U.S. would attack North Korea using conventional weapons. Now, what would happen if they, for whatever reason, it got to the point where they started using nuclear weapons or they used nuclear weapons right away or the, the, the attack, the preemptive attack was with nuclear. They just went in and just said, we're just taking everything out right now. Then a lot of the things that I've been talking about kind of all bets are off because no, there's no way to to figure out what would happen if they went in and just literally blew up. If, if North Korea were able to kind of get a, a, a weapon, um, a missile through whatever defense systems that the U.S. had set up with North Korea and Japan and, you know, Seoul got nuked or Tokyo got nuked. Um, the ramifications of that are beyond we it's boom it's like we don't even know how how to deal with that and that's just a totally different level of of, of craziness and you know of course we we have we totally don't want that we don't even want to go there um, of course we don't want to go there uh, to see what that would look like um, but again I'm thinking of it as an investor um, we gotta look down these roads and just kind of we need to be aware of these kind of scenarios and, po and probabilities and kind of frame a best effort kind of guess on what could happen. So interesting to see, uh, something I thought I'd share with you because there's just a lot of discussion going on right now and I think a lot of people are just trying to wrap their head around what that would look like. So I thought, you know, here's, here's one take on it. Here's one possibility, some probabilities, some scenarios that could happen in the event of, of, of you know, these two mad kings, you know, going at each other. Um, it sucks either way, and I don't think at the end of it, nobody really benefits from it. Um, it's, a, it's a really crappy situation. It's a scary situation because you got two people here who are just, they're just not with it. They're just not in, they're just not with it. And it's, they're willing to take out, you know, sacrifice lots of people for their own little stupidity. And uh, it sucks in that sense. Um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't like ending on a downer kind of thing. It's kind of not the way I like to do things. I'm a pretty much, I'm an optimist uh, from that perspective. So that's all I have for you. If you have any questions, I'd love to know what you think and how you're thinking about uh, through this, uh, this kind of scenario. What, what were you looking at to happen? What could happen in the event of a breakout of war between North Korea and South Korea? Feel free to send me an email, send me uh, something through. A uh, bunch of ways you can get a hold of me now. You can get a hold of me through my uh, website, sageinvestors.ca. You can send me an email. love to hear some comments from there. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time tweeting about, again, things I'm observing in the market, uh, sharing some of my own content, some of my own uh, blogs and podcasts and videos and mind map videos that I'm doing. So you can find me through there. Or you can find me through Facebook. Facebook, I just set up my Facebook page, Sage Investors. Just search, do a search on Sage Investors. All kinds of stuff I'm posting on there and also videos. Uh, podcast um, and also my latest blog posts are on there. You can find me through there. If you want to get a heads up in terms of uh, up future episodes and podcasts and all the stuff that I'm producing, uh, you can sign up uh, for my uh, weekly newsletter, which is called In the Loop, which I publish every Wednesday morning. I send it out every morning. It's just a weekly email and talking about a lot of the stuff that I'm, uh, I'm sharing some insights with you about what's going on in the market that I normally don't share on or share in real time on the uh, on the other platforms. So you can find me through there. Uh, it's on my web website, sageinvestors.ca. So 
that's all I got for you today. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you're interested in uh, listening to my previous podcasts, you can go through. Uh, they're all on iTunes. Do a search on Sage Investors. Subscribe and tap into them. I really love to hear from you from, from that side of it. Um, that's all I got for you this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening in. My name is Amin Reina, and this has been Stock Talk. And we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye. Everything is reasonable, and I'm not a